0: Welcome to episode three of Everything's Relative. I'm Eve Sturgis, and this is my podcast, um, where I want to talk to people about DNA testing and the way that unexpected results have affected their lives, um, and all the sort of sub 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 subjects that can that happen from um, this phenomenon, which is happening all over the place right now. Um, so, actually, even though this is episode three. It is the first podcast for many listeners, Um, and so I'm assuming you're joining us for the first time, because when I posted episode three is actually when I started promoting this project at all. So um, it's been a slow build, but um, I hope that you're here, and if you're new, I hope you're interested, and I hope you stick around. So before I jump in to episode three... um, I do want to talk about something from episode two, just like a really small moment, um, but it's been bugging me for a couple weeks now, so I want to talk about it. Um, So Lori, I'm sorry, not Lori. Lori is episode three. Amy is who was talking in episode two, and she talked about how, you know, when sort of putting together the timeline of figuring everything out about who her real biological dad was, she, um, she said that her biological dad couldn't quite keep straight like all the lovers he'd had or like couldn't quite keep which woman he'd been with at what time and we sort of laughed about it and said and I said um okay I get it and then I said I mean I don't get it but I can imagine um and hey so I I one thing that like is this subtext or like subject in this whole podcast that doesn't get named very often um is that we have to talk a lot about sex like sex and shame are very intertwined with this topic for people. So I so so with all the things happening and all the stories are pouring in um from around the world um as these DNA tests kind of blow up people's family narrative um I just don't want this podcast to be a cultural exploration um as a, like, morality discussion. I don't want to judge anybody, especially the people that I don't know, um, for how many sexual partners they had in their lives, of who they can or can't remember from decades ago, and I said I don't get it to Amy, but, you know, I really thought about that statement, and I, um, I know that, like, a pregnancy would have maybe changed certain experiences in the way that they are in my mind, but, I definitely had encounters in my early, like, my young adult life with men that I can't really remember. Um, so, if I'm an indication of any representation of the rest of the world, I just don't think that that's something that we need to criticize people for. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that makes sense. And um, I really wanted to put that out there. So, this is a podcast about... Exploring all the aspects of, of what's happening with DNA right now without shaming anybody. Um, I I want Everything's Relative to be like a sex-positive show. So um, thanks. Thanks for listening to that. Sort of a corrections, kind of a corrections corner. Uh, but I have cleared that up, I guess. I'll let, I'll move along. So let's go on um, to my conversation with Lori. Her story is so her story similar to mine in that she found out um that her dad wasn't her dad by um without doing a dna test which not everybody comes to me having figured it all out through um ancestry.com but uh she she found out on her own so and she found out a long time ago before this sort of phenomenon was sweeping the world so that is similar um but Um, the more important thing that I wanted to get Lori in here to talk about was I, her story is incredibly important, but also now the work that she does as a search angel, which is really important. And I feel like people coming across this podcast, if they don't already know about search angels may want to know about them. So she'll talk a little bit about it in the podcast and then I'll talk about it again when we're done, um, to make sure that it's clear what they are and and how you can, um, find a search angel so that's everything uh to get going and I'm gonna go ahead and get Lori started and thanks for joining me this is episode three everything's
1: relative and I'm Eve Sturgis so right out of high school my mom got married um I mean she graduated in June she married my dad in August and moved from her daddy's house right into my daddy's house and was very young he had gone to college she didn't so she was like 18 18 yep 18 and a half so she gets married, but they have one car, and he works for his family, and he's a college boy, and he's kind of spoiled, honestly. And he's staying out late, all according to her. He's staying out late, not coming home. Sometimes the bills aren't getting paid. He's partying a lot, and she's stuck at home. Mm-hmm. So she gets a job, and her um, her boss was this much older man. She was, he was like forty maybe. She's eighteen, nineteen. And yeah, when you're eighteen, that's much older. <laughs> yeah for sure for sure so um she said the first thing he said to her was you know something like well look at you you want to wrestle like right away he was flirting with her <laughs> and um quite a me too story honestly yeah. so she um you know i think she found comfort at work that she wasn't getting at home like many stories and um had an affair with this man for a couple of years Oh, it's a couple of years. A couple of years, I think. It's a small town, so my dad knew this man, and um, I have a picture. And from, what was your dad's business? What was
0: his family business?
1: Um, rug manufacturing.
0: Okay, and who was and what did this guy do?
1: He worked in the carpet industry as okay, well. Okay, so he also... Okay. My hometown, Dalton, Georgia, is <laughs> okay, the carpet capital so of the world. in the carpet. Everyone's okay. in carpet and textile industry in that town. Okay, okay. so um, So I even have a picture of my mom and dad and... Earth father and his wife together on New Year's Eve three months before I'm conceived. Oh my gosh. Which I used to think was a really big deal. But now that I read some of the stories of other people, not so much. But back mm-hmm. then it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, under your own nose, you did this. So if it was anybody I knew, I would think it was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So dad knew this man, but never knew anything was going on between them. But my mom has blonde hair, blue eyes, and fair skin, and my dad has sandy. blondish brown hair and blue eyes and fair skin. And my little brother, who's 18 months younger than me, is a toehead blonde, blue eyes and fair skin and chunky little thing. And we look zero alike. I look like no one. And so all my life, people would say, are you adopted? For anybody, you can't see her right now, but Lori has very big brown eyes. (laughs) Definitely not blue eyes. They're not blue eyes. They're not blue. blue. And my skin is not fair. Mm -mm. So, and my hair's normally brown, (laughs) not this bright red. So um, so when, I, when mom got pregnant, she told him, when this child comes, if she has brown hair and brown eyes, you need to go far, far away, because if anyone ever sees us together, they will know. By the way, he was married with a, um, a wife who was sick with hepatitis C, so she would come out of remission sometimes and be really sick. Mom remembered it as cancer, but either way. I'm sure that's how she justified what she was doing. Well, his wife is sick. Right, they're both lonely. Right, and maybe he probably was. So, um, but he also he already had children, 15 and 18 years old at the time. So, I'm born, and there I am, just brown eyes, brown 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 eyes, brown hair.
0: I also have brown eyes and brown hair, and that connection may have never been made in my family. I'm not sure. Do your parents have? they both have blue eyes blue
1: eyes yeah <laughs> well it didn't occur to me i mean all my life people said are you adopted people would joke with my parents about the milkman's child and... so did he go far away when you were born or did everybody just stay okay. yeah i mean he lived 15, 15, 15 20 miles up the road mm-hmm. i'm not sure where he lived when i was but born she but when she, she, stopped...
0: Mm-hmm. she stopped working she started having babies hmm she stopped
1: working and my mom would say, well, honey, you know, your aunt Janice on my side has brown hair and your daddy's sister has brown hair. They both have blue eyes. Mm-hmm. But we just, she just explained it away. And, you know, my sister, she tans really easily just like you do. The rest of them burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh-huh. um, so I just believed it because what else? So at 15, she did confide in me that she'd had an affair for many years after my brother was born. You were 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably not what you share with Mm -hmm. a fifteen-year-old. Pretty young. I was really good though at convincing my mother I was mature enough to handle things because I just always felt something wasn't right, Mm -hmm. and like many in our groups, a little bit narcissistic. Your mother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I, you know, I when she told me that I was very supportive, and oh, mom, you know, well, you know, you and dad have never been happy this is, you know, you, you deserve to be happy and I can understand why. And I really almost encouraged her because I wanted her to think that she could trust me because I wanted to know what the heck was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, that's way, way of me, I guess, feeling in control. So did you already, you already were putting pieces together when she said that I walked away and I started thinking, you know, over time it started occurring to me. Well, if she had an affair later, maybe she had an affair sooner. But the seed was planted. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I took biology in the 10th grade. And um, you know that exercise where you, you cross genes? You do the... Yeah. yeah. You figure out
0: who's Dominant recessive. Dominant
1: recessive? Yeah. So I put in mom and dad. I
0: think about that all the time because I did it and didn't... You thought you were doing it wrong? Just I just... It didn't occur to you? I, yeah. It just didn't... I don't, remember, I don't remember any discussion about it. Did you already suspect? No. No. But okay. I wonder if my 10th grade biology teacher... Took one look and was like Uh-oh. knew right away he must see it all the time yeah i don't know i think yeah. about that exercise all the time but
1: you weren't looking for it no i was no unfathomable yeah, yeah no. so when i did it that was just more supporting evidence mm-hmm. um and i think i even raised my hand you know excuse me i think i'm doing it wrong <laughs> and he probably was like oh i'll get to you in a minute <laughs> but i knew i mean yeah. i probably did that exercise over and over and over just looking for how it could get brown. But you just cannot get brown eyes from a blue-eyed child. I've Googled it so many times. You cannot. I mean, it's in the past year. Yeah. <clears throat> Two brown-eyed people can have a blue-eyed child if mm-hmm. one of their parents has blue eyes. But it was, this was not possible. And so I went back to my mother. Mom, I did this, you know. Tell me who my real dad is. Lori, I swear you're an a- I swear, I swear. Okay, Mom, but I did this. I, it's not possible. Honey, you know, no, look at your aunt. Look at your aunts and your, honey, no. You know. I wonder what she thought. Oh my mm-hmm. god, this kid's figuring it out. But still she denied. So, I just continued to press and the older I got, the more I would say, "Okay, mom." She'd say, "Honey, I swear. I swear you're an." A**. I'd say, "Fine, mom. You swear. Tell me the truth before you die. I have a right to know." And that just became like my standard it's response a mantra, mantra. And where was your dad this whole time? Um just married to her. And... We were all living in the same house yeah, okay. for, you know, they were married 22 years. I mean, he didn't know this discussion was going on. Mm-mm. Okay. No. But so I went off to college, and, and then um, after college, well, while I was in college, I got a job at a child abuse shelter just as a child care worker. And then when I graduated, They brought me on the professional staff. They were just starting to offer a position as a case manager. So now I went to the professional staff and was case managing for these children in the shelters that were removed from their homes for abuse and neglect. But I worked for Children's Home Society of Florida, and they're a much bigger organization. That was just one contract they had was running these shelters. They also had um, foster care placement, and they did adoptions, and they reunited adoptees with parents. And one day my mom gives me a phone call and says, she was this, my parents had divorced at this point. They divorced when I was 18 and left for college. So now I'm 24. Okay. My mom calls, and she has a boyfriend, but they've not been getting along very well. And she says, hey, honey, um, can I come down and visit you? I just need to get away. Bill and I aren't getting along. And I go, okay, well, what time will you be here? She says, well, I have to work. When I get off, it's a six-hour drive. So I think we'll get there around 12. I said, we? Who's this we? Midnight well, Bill's driving me, Bill's driving me down. I go, okay, wait a second. You guys, you guys aren't getting along. <laughs> and you need to get away. But he's. you need to get away from him, but he's driving you down. Well, he just doesn't want me to drive alone. I go, this makes no sense. This is stupid. I said, but you're staying with me. Yeah, he'll just get a hotel. I go, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, but okay. So about midnight, my mom rolls in, Bill drops her off and in she comes. For all I know, he was waiting down the street. But, um, so we sit and talk and like we would do, we were prone to staying up till all hours talking when I would first get home from school or she would visit. And we start talking and she brings up a friend of hers that I'd known my whole life. And she says, well, you know, so-and-so is not his biological child. I don't want to name names. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's fine.
0: And I said,
1: <clears throat> I said, well, that's just wrong. You know, that she, I said, does she know? She going to tell her? She goes, oh, I don't think so. And I said, well, that's just wrong. She goes, well, why is it wrong? Mm-hmm. she's setting here, me up here we go yeah. she's setting me up and I said well mother we've had this conversation a hundred times you know how I feel about it it's wrong because she has a right to know and two what if there's medical things she needs to know about what if there's a medical history what if there's some disease that she could be you know planning for or planning around well would you want to know oh. <laughs> oh my god I'm rolling my eyes yeah. um yes mother you know I would well since you bring it up, <laughs> since you bring it up, yes, there there was someone before um, before you were born, and she proceeds to tell me that it was this man who was her boss. My first question was, was he in the military? I really wanted. Oh, to why know, was
0: that your first question? I don't
1: know. I I think I wanted. I think I wanted him to be this big, strong, virile, tough
0: oh, guy. Oh yeah.
1: Because my dad was an engineer, mm-hmm. my husband's an engineer, my mm-hmm. uncle's an engineer, <laughs> my stepdad's an engineer. Everyone's an engineer in my life. But maybe this guy was John Wayne. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, or I don't know, Bionic Man, something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, he had not been in the military that she knew of. But that was a question she would ask. But so, um, she, when she decided to come down and tell me the truth, she tracked him down. He was living just 15, 20 miles away. Before she came down? Before she came down. Oh, so she knew. Okay. She tracked him down and said, um, he, he answered the phone and she said, hi, it's me. Happy, it's been 24 years since we've talked, but um, I'm going to go down to Tallahassee and tell Lori the truth. Is it okay if I tell her your name? Which I thought was a, 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 a seriously, is it okay? Right. What you would. You, you're going to come and tell me this, and then n- not give me my whole truth. And then, really, it's a, it's a secret. That right. It's if you have the right. So he says yes, and while you're there, I'll tell my family too. Oh, he's got a, At this point, he has. Well, now they're 15 and 18 years older than me. So my sister's 39, and my brother's 42, and they're married with children. So, um, so after and his wife. Had passed by then. No, no still still living, okay. still working. She was at work the day my mom. He was retired. Mm-hmm. Okay, she was. He was a, She was at work the day he called. She called. So he's going to go tell his family. And yes, you may tell her my name. And you know, if she wants to talk to me, I, I love that. So I said, yeah, give him my phone number. Have him give me a call. So mom drives home Sunday, and on I think Monday morning, Monday night, he called me, and I get this call, and I said, hello, Lori. I said, yes hi, this is Do you know who I am? I said, "Yes, I know who you are." <laughs> How are you? It's good to hear from you. And um we just became friends right away. Wow. But um after a couple of days, he he would call me every day. As soon as his wife would go to work, he would call me. Oh. We're used to, okay, did she know? So I guess he had told her. Um but obviously it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and as I'm coming to learn spouses don't handle this very well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they don't handle it well even when it was before them but certainly when it was during their marriage Mm -hmm. so that's fair that's so so fair and so uh, we started this relationship over the phone and so um anyway we just became friends we talked all the time but after a couple days weeks i don't remember now he called back and he said look i told my kids But um, I'm really sorry. They said, "Dad, this is your mess. You deal with it. We don't want anything to do with her." And I was heartbroken. Yeah, because I was the oldest in my family, and and he'd brought well. At this point, I hadn't seen pictures yet. Um, I didn't have email yet. It didn't really exist for me yet. Um, But I was really excited at the prospect of having older siblings, and they didn't want anything to do with me, so that was Hmm. heartbreaking. But um, I don't know. A week or so later, I get this phone call hello, Lori, this is Robin. Do you know who I am? Just like that. Mm -hmm. I said, yes, Robin, I know who you are. I'm a little surprised to hear from you. She says, well, I know. She goes, I know what daddy told you, but that's not the truth. Okay. She says, you don't know him like we do. And this has been hard for our mother. I said, I can imagine. Totally understand that. Mm -hmm. And she said, you don't know him like we do. If we accept you, He's going to rub it in her face and say they can accept her. Why can't you? And that's just not fair to ask of her right now. I said, Totally get it. She oh. said, I do want a relationship with you, but right now I'd prefer that he not know about it because I don't want him to do that to our mother. I said, Totally get it, totally down. Okay. So he and I talked on the phone all the time and he always he wanted me to come up and visit, but um and I was going at Christmas, but I um, did not make plans to see him. I made plans to see my sister instead. Oh, so she and I started this relationship um, behind his back. The brother, though, really—I called him at work one time, but he really wasn't open to a relationship because his wife. Like, what's her dog in this fight? Yeah, <laughs> she wouldn't permit him to have a relationship with me. Hmm. She didn't uh, didn't like my birth father. Mm-hmm. Um, Thought he was a scoundrel. I don't know, for whatever reasons, didn't
0: like him. You represented something that she
1: didn't, she was uncomfortable with. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so denied her husband a relationship with me. Didn't have any empathy for this young woman who just needed some answers. She was a jerk. So I didn't get to have a relationship with my brother. But birth father um, told his wife one weekend that he was going to go away for a genealogy research trip. Okay. And um, he came Not a lie. Not not a lie. That's true. <laughs> uh, and he came to Tallahassee um, to visit me and meet me for the first time. Got a room at the Hampton Inn. Rolled into town, I don't know, late morning, by noon anyway. Called me, says, I'm here. I said, okay, I'll be over in just a little bit. I got there and I think we sat on the sofa in his hotel room and talked and told me this, you know, he told me his side of the story, and which I don't really remember many details of that. It is what it is. You mm-hmm. had an affair with my mom. Um, but I had nobody in my family ever had hands like me or feet like me. And I said, Would you do me a favor? he goes, Well, I said, take off your shoes and socks. I want to see your feet. <laughs> he says, Really? I go, Yes, no one has feet like me. I had these flintstone feet, these boy feet. And um so he did, and we just compared feet. And, and I looked were they similar? Oh yeah. Same hands, same feet, same fingernails, which these are not them, but I cover them up for a reason. But yeah, I had the same hands as him, and um, how'd that feel? It felt amazing. Uh Weird, but amazing. Uh You know, you—it's not like a lifetime movie for anyone's not met their birth parent yet. It's not like a lifetime movie where you go running into their arms and it's oh my long lost daddy, my long lost daughter. It wasn't like that for me. Um, This isn't a person that I grew up with having a father daughter bond. He felt like a great uncle. Mm-hmm. Somebody, mm-hmm. That, somebody that I'm told I'm related to and that I look a little bit like. I had all his coloring and his features and all sure. those things for sure. But really, it just feels like a great uncle. Um, and then we continued our phone relationship after that. But he was always asking me to come home and visit him. Mm-hmm. And by the way, let me back up. Remember I worked at the treehouse shelters yes. under the umbrella of Children's Home Society, where at my office, I'm surrounded by therapists whose job it is to help families Going through foster care, terminating parental rights, adoptions, reuniting adoptees. The day my mom dropped this bombshell in my lap, I went to work just shell-shocked. I was gonna get back to that
0: because you just kind of um, okay. you gl- kind of glossed over to the phone yeah. call, and I thought, I, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you were having a lot of feelings and reactions, even though you'd always suspected. It's it. a
1: bombshell. I mm-hmm. mean, suddenly I look like people, but what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to feel? What about these siblings that don't want me? What about this wife? What about my dad? And my mom, by the way, expects me to keep all these se- You can never tell your daddy.
0: Okay, that was coming <coughs> as a question. Yeah, yeah. you can okay, never. So he didn't know.
1: I'm supposed to keep all these secrets. Um, at this point, yeah, my grandmother's still living. I'm very close to her. His, all my grandparents were, all but one were still living at this point. Um, so I'm supposed to keep this secret from everybody which felt really unfair. I'm excited. I finally look like people. I finally, my dad and I, I love my dad, but we never had a lot in common. We didn't quite click. And suddenly I have people. They Mm -hmm. get me. Belonging is important. It's so important. And you know, that round peg, I mean, I had had been saying to my mother for years, you know, what do I have to do to get daddy to pay attention to me? What do I have to get dad to want to spend time with me? We just don't, why don't we get along? Why don't we click? And, she didn't really have the answer, but that was part of her wanting to tell me the truth, was she realized that I was struggling, and there was, real, there was no answer she could give me other than the truth that was going to solve this. Do you think he knew, and that was part of the distance between you two? No. Okay. Mm-mm. I'll tell you that part. Okay. <laughs> but so I have these therapists that got me through it. There was some really ugly name for what I was back then. Nobody talked about NPE. It was um, something with the word bastard. And oh. it was so ugly. I was just this illegitimate bastard or something. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know. Um, adulterous bastard or I don't know. It was something awful like that. But that's, Both those examples are terrible. They're awful. But what else? Nobody had ever heard a case, of a case like mine. Because nobody, mm-hmm. nobody talked about these. That was a secret. Mm-hmm. Not until these DNA tests where there's thousands of people finding out. There was no one to relate to me. No one who understood. This was a book worthy story. It was Oprah worthy. It was. Even Oprah hadn't found out about her NPE situation yet. So these therapists got me through it, and that support group got me through it, and this boyfriend, John, got me through it. Um, But Jean, birth father, was always saying, come home and visit me. Come home. And I said, it's cold. It's rainy. I hate it there in the wintertime. I'll come in the spring. So one day in the spring, despite the fact that I was home at Christmas and met the sister. But so it's Easter weekend coming up. I go to work, and I find out I have a three-day weekend. I didn't know we are off on Monday. So I was like, oh, wow, you know, I I, want to surprise him. So they let me off work. I go home, pack a bag, I jump in the car, and I take off driving with my brick of a cell phone. And I get about 45 minutes out of Tallahassee, and I think, well, you know, surprises aren't always a good thing. What if he's going to be out of town? What if he's going to South Carolina to visit my brother? I better call. So I call his house from my brick of a cell phone on the side of the road, and my sister answers the phone, which is odd. It's midday. She should be at work. And I, my first thought was, oh, no, he's going to recognize that she's familiar with me, and he's going to figure out we've been talking. Mm-hmm. We're going to be outed. And I said, hey, Robin, it's Lori. I called to talk to your dad, because it's her dad, not mine. And she starts to cry, and she said, Lori, daddy died this morning. Oh, my gosh. So I had a phone relationship with him, but mm-hmm. I'd only gotten to meet him the one time. Um, so I'm distraught. So you had less than a year. Less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Maybe. The winter. You had the winter. Yeah. Fall and winter. Um, I forget what month mom told me now but yeah it was less than a year I feel like it was more like six months or something I think she told me in the fall and then I think it was less than six months so there I am on the side of the road I said well I was on my way home I was gonna surprise him and um, I had mailed him some pictures that boyfriend John had taken they were still in the mailbox when he died he never saw them. so um, I hang up with Robin my sister I call my mother devastated I called John. I head back to Tallahassee. I'm a mess. My mother couldn't afford it, but bought a plane ticket and put me on an airplane home. But can I go to his funeral? I don't know. I want to. So my sister says, no, that wouldn't be appropriate. Oh my gosh. I'm still a secret. First, my sister says no. Then she says maybe, and let me talk to mom and back and forth and back and forth. And you know I don't want to disrupt anyone's world. I just want to So finally, she says, you know, there's a visitation tomorrow night. Why don't you come? So my mom jumps on the phone to her brother. Hey, David, I can't really give you all the details now, but Richard is not Lori's biological father. Lori's biological father has passed away. She's home from Tallahassee. She needs to go to the funeral home tonight for the visitation. I, for obvious reasons, cannot take her. I need you. He says, I don't quite get it, but I'm putting my suit on and I'm on my way. Oh, that's a nice uncle. (laughs) I will never, ever forget what this uncle did for me. I love him so much for doing this for me. And he came and got me and he drove me to the funeral home and he held my hand as I walked in shaking. And here I stand for the first time among 150 people, all who look like me. My sister comes over and gives me a hug and we chit chat. And then a few minutes later, this guy walks over. And he reaches out his hand. He says, Hey, how you doing? I'm Mike. And my sister says, Mike, this is Lori. He didn't recognize his own sister. Oh, he didn't. He wasn't. Mm-mm. Okay. So I, he was you know, just being polite. He was being polite. Um, and my nieces were there, but, and I'd been to Robin's house. I believe I'm just, I'm just mom's friend from church. Cause I'm a big secret. And so, um, his wife's there and I see her across the room, but I steer clear. This poor woman, the Mm -hmm. last thing she needs to deal with right now, she's got to bury her husband. The last thing she needs to deal with is this illegitimate daughter from an extramarital affair. So I avoid her. So next day I say to my Robin, I say to my sister, Robin, I'd like to go to the funeral home tomorrow and visit with him by myself before the funeral. What time is your mom going? She goes, Oh, well the funeral's at one. She's not going to go till 12. I said, great. I will go early in the morning. So my best friend Kelly and I walk across the street to the funeral home. And we go in, and I for an hour I spend with him, I hold his hand. I, I just stare at our hands, my hand on top of his. I just stare at those identical hands for mm-hmm. an hour, and I talk to him and you know, thank him for the time we've had to get to know each other, and my friends creeped out that I'm touching a dead person. But I don't care. This is my dad, mm-hmm. my birth father. It's my last chance to ever touch him again. So I visit with him, and then she and I go back into the main parlor and sit at the end of the room. There's only one way out of this room. It's at the other end of the, of the room, this big rectangle. And we're sitting there on this bench just chatting, and I might go back in and talk to him one more time before I go, but I've got hours. It's nine o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. I've got hours. And I look up, and there at the end of the room in the doorway is my brother with his mother on his arm. hmm I knew that was coming. I have nowhere to go. I panic, because all I can think is, this poor woman does not deserve this. She's not supposed to see me. I don't, I, I don't want to hurt this woman and be a problem to anyone I was raised don't be a problem (laughs) be polite don't be a problem for people I threw my head in my friend's lap excuse me I just I threw my head in my friend's lap and I and I tried to hide I tried to make myself as small as possible but obviously at the end of the room there's this 24 year old woman with her face in her friend's lap (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I and I can feel these people around me and I can kind of see my eyes open I can see shoes in front of me and my friend saying Lori Lori, Lori, you need to sit up, Lori, and I kind of look up under my arm, I just kind of peek up through my hair, through my arm, and I see them, and and, and my brother, and, and I think the wife, Betty, is touching me, and I look up, and I've got these tears streaming down my face, and I said, you weren't supposed to see me, and she said, it's okay, and she held out her arms, and I stood up, and she gave me a hug, and said, come on, let's go see him together, hmm. she told me she loved me, Huh. She said, wow. "She said, you know, um, we're all going to get together at my house. He's going to be interred at a crematorium, but we're all going to get together at my house this afternoon. Why don't you come over later?" So, gosh, I mean, what more could I, yeah, sh- ask for? So I've decided. Okay, the funeral's at one. We're going to get there at twelve fifty-five. We're going to sit in the very back. I don't want, I don't want her to see me. I don't want her to be distracted by me. I just want to sit in the very back. Not be anyone's problem. So we get there at five minutes till all the family is seated down front and they've seated all the guests from the back of the room forward. So the only remaining seats are in the front, are in the front with the family. So I'm at the very front of all the guests with the family. I'm sitting next to cousins on the bench. I tried not to, right? But that's what happened. That's how the cards fell. Mm-hmm. So um, I I feel feel like like so much of this is how the cards fell. Yeah. So she invites me over and I sit at the table with her and my siblings and we chat. But everyone's standing around and no one has any idea who I actually am. And um, she she and I, she said, come on, let's go for a walk. And we went for another walk and talked some more. And she said, well, I hope you just stay, I want you to stay in touch with me. I said, sure. I didn't think she meant it. Mm Mm-hmm. I really wasn't going to try to. If she reached out to me, great. But I was not going to assert myself into this woman's life. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't. And my sister and I carried on and I hung up my brother and my nieces and my nephews. And I got to meet my brother's wife, who was very nice to me, but I already knew didn't want any part of me. Right. Nothing changed after the funeral. I thought maybe something would change. Nope. She still wanted no part of me, and so I wasn't allowed to know him or my nephews. But my sister and I continued to build our relationship. I would go and visit her at her house. And so now, my sister, uh, months have gone by, but living with these secrets is awful. It's so hard. I—I I, Whenever I would come home from Tallahassee, my parents are not divorced. I had to visit my dad in Dalton. My mother lives 30 minutes away in Chattanooga. You know, Why are you spending so much time with your daddy? You're spending more time with him than with me. You mean you're going back to your mother's? Why are you spending more time with her? Well, we want to see you too. I was up and down the freeway back and forth, back and forth, just yanked back and forth. Now I've got this third family. Which is amazing as an adult to be experiencing that. (coughs) Right. You know, know, children get torn, but. Right. But I'm home from college. Everybody Mm. wants a piece of me. And I mean, I'm glad they did. But now I've got this third family that I'm spending time with. That's a secret. That's a secret. And my dad is saying, I feel like you're spending all this time with your mother. We're barely getting to see you. I can't say I'm spending time with a sister that you don't even know exists. So I'm lies, lies, lies. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, my mother, when I'm spending that time sounds with my exhausting. it was exhausting. And when I'm with my mother and her family, you know, they kind of know my grandmother knew her mother knew this whole time. Um, we're at Thanksgiving and I'm, and I'm saying to my cousins and my brother, guess what? Guess what? I found out my dad. I love my dad, but he's not my bio dad. I have this other dad and I look just like him. And yada, 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 and our hands and our feet and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my cousin goes, oh, I know. Mama told me years ago. Oh. Can you imagine? I mean, add insult to injury. Right. No one had a right. To, my brother knew before I did. Oh, wow. She told him. Everybody knew. No one had a right to know before me. That was, that was like just adding insult to injury. It was for more betrayal. How dare you? No one had a right. So... Oh, that would make me feel so crazy. Um, yeah. And and my mother, selfishly, she wanted to test it on other people to see how it was going to go over before she told me. Oh. It couldn't take the... What, this doesn't go well. Maybe I just won't tell Lori. I mm-hmm. think it's... I asked her a few weeks ago. Practice confession. Right. I asked her a few weeks ago. I said, Mom, you know, I'm seeing all these stories in some of these groups I'm a part of and people are getting surprises. Boy, it sure, it sure is a good thing you told me when you did because if we were... You know, you guys said to me back then. We always thought you might hate us, and I didn't. I go, but I tell you what: if I was finding out now, twenty-four years after he died, in a from a DNA test, I would hate you. It's a good thing you told me the truth. I said, "Were you ever going to tell me?" Yes, I was going to tell you when you were twenty-one, but I was twenty-four. <laughs> she was never going to tell me, right?
0: That was her plan. That was her plan, right?
1: So, that's um, so. Yeah. So I, I had a relationship with those people, but my sister from all the secrets that she was also having to tell mm-hmm. had a breakdown, oh. went to a therapist and was no more secrets. This is mm-hmm. not my secret to keep. This is my sister. I want her to be my sister. I didn't do this. I didn't create it. She didn't create it. He did. He's gone. I can't live a lie anymore.
0: That must have felt so um, validating to you.
1: I felt terrible for her that she was having uh-huh. a breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, of
0: course. But I just... But what came out of it? The idea that she wanted to be open about um, your yeah. sister relationship. Felt it was wonderful. really beautiful. It
1: felt wonderful. I was no longer a secret to cousins and aunts and uncles. So that uncle, the one that put his hands on me and tried to comfort mm-hmm. me when I thought he was afraid I was having an affair mm-hmm. with the deceased, um, said, I knew it. I knew something, but I didn't know who to ask. When I, he, and I found out from him later, when I saw you guys all sitting around the table after the funeral, you look identical. Yeah, I was so, just
0: wondering yeah. that if you said it, when you said everybody was standing around, I was like, was everyone in the room going like, look at those eyes, look at those eyes.
1: <laughs> he did, because we all have the same eyes. Mm-hmm. And he said, I knew. He said, but I didn't know. Do they all know? And you're just Robin's friend from church, and you don't know? And how am I going to tell oh, you? that would have been twisted. How am I going to tell you? They're including you, and they know you're their sister, but you don't know. I can't be the one to break it to you. Your dad's not your dad. Or do you know and they don't know? That's like a Southern Gothic novel. He said, my friend says, your life is so Tennessee Williams. (laughs) She does. So he had to keep a secret. He knew, but he had to keep his own secret because he didn't know who knew. He didn't know we all knew and he couldn't take the risk. So once he knew, he said, "Um, well, are you coming home for Christmas? I said, I am. He says, well, I would love for you to come over and meet. Your cousins, Karen and Lori. He has a... Turns out both brothers have a daughter named Lori. (laughs) Okay. Um, And coincidentally, he lives right around the corner from my mother. Oh. Yeah. Walking distance. I've, for years, I've been looking at his backyard from her kitchen sink, from her kitchen window. So, um, he says, I want you to come over and meet your cousins. And you can bring Robin. She doesn't normally get together with us on Christmas, but you can bring Robin if that would make you more comfortable. I said, yes, please. So, um... It's Christmas Eve day, and I'm, ha- I'm going over there, and um, he calls me. He says, there's been a little change in plans. Now, by the way, their mother, my grandmother, is still living, but she's in, a, she's in a nursing home. I said to my sister, could you take me to visit her sometime? She doesn't need to know who I am, but I'd like to meet my grandmother. So we talked about it, but I didn't think she was ever really going to do it. I don't know. I didn't push it. I was trying to be nice. That's what we do in the South. We're nice. And um, he calls says change of plans. I'm thinking, oh, no, they don't want me. Mm. They've changed their minds. They don't want mm-hmm. me after all. God, it's so fragile. Oh, fragile. Then. And he says, I know I told you that. I thought my grand- my mother was too fragile to handle this. But you know what? I think she'll be okay. I think you deserve to know your grandmother, and I think she no- has- deserves to know you. So I'm going to go to the nursing home and get her and bring her home for Christmas. Whoa. What's was- this uncle's name? Richard. Uncle Richard. By the way, my dad is Richard. Mm, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so many coincidences, right? So I, um, I call my sister and one of the nieces answers the phone. I said, Hey, Devin, is your mom home? She goes, Hey, I said, Hey, it's Lori. Is your mom home? She goes, Hey, aunt Lori. I said, Hey, is your mom home? She uh-huh. goes, didn't you notice I called you aunt Lori? I yeah. said, I sure did. Why'd you call me that? Uh-huh. She goes, well, I know now that you're my aunt. I said, okay, well, how do you feel about that? She goes, I think it's great. And I said, okay, can I talk to your mom? (laughs) He probably seems so young and hip to them. Oh, my gosh. My sister says, takes the phone. She says, surprise. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, my gosh. So now I said, well, there's another surprise. Uncle Richard just called, and they're bringing Mimi home for Christmas. So don't bail on me now. I need you. She says, okay, no problem so we go to uncle richard's house for christmas she picks me up at my mom's house and we go and i get to meet my cousins Lori and karen and their sons and my uncle richard and his wife and my grandmother Mimi. These just my the nicest people the nicest people they just welcomed me with open arms so okay so the last part of the story mm-hmm. you know i work at children's home society i'm out on her side of the family but I'm still having to lie to my dad, and it's just not fair, and it kills me every time I do. So I, I talked to the therapist and said, I, I can't do this. How am I, I... My dad, I have to tell him the truth, and um, how can I do this to them and him? And they say, well, you're acting like this is a negative, but it doesn't have to be a negative. Maybe we can treat this in a positive way and still tell him the truth. Let's approach it differently. I said, okay. So we started working through, like, how to tell my dad, and... I needed to do this the next time I would go home. And the home is six hours away and I work now and I can't just get away anytime. So we figure out how I'm going to do it, how I'm going to say it. Um, just gentle. And I look at the calendar and I realize the next time I'm going home father's day, Oh, I was going to say his birthday, but I wasn't going to mm-hmm. be able to go home again after that for months, probably mm-hmm. not till Thanksgiving. And I could not live with this lie anymore. So they said, okay, well, again, doesn't have to be a negative. Let's treat this positively. And they got me all prepared. And I was staying with my grandmother, um, his mom, and he came over. It was Father's Day morning. He came over, and I went out and delivered him, and I said, hey, Dad, I need to talk to you about something. Can, can Would you mind going back home and let me come to your house? We shouldn't talk. I don't want my, my grandmother's house, you know. And we never told my grandmother, by the way. This mm-hmm. was, I was her pride and joy. Mm-hmm. It would, mm-hmm. she, he didn't want her to know, and I had to respect that. So um, so he says, okay, is everything okay? I said, yeah, everything's fine. I just, would be better if we talk at your house. He said, okay. I'll, I'll. He didn't understand, but he left. About 30 minutes later, I went over there and sat down, and I said, Dad, I need to talk to you about something. I said, Mom recently shared some information with me that I need to share with you, and I don't know if you already knew this or not did but... you did your mom know that you were going over to tell him oh yeah oh, okay <laughs> oh yeah she was not mm-hmm. happy not into that okay no because she's embarrassed mm-hmm. you sure. know um I mean you gotta remember when this it's, it's never okay infidelity is never okay conceiving a child in infidelity is insult to injury but thinking about the times too in a small town, it was a scarlet letter. And even mm-hmm. though she's divorced from this man now for six years, she still doesn't want him. To, doesn't. Yeah. No, wouldn't know. want him to. It, yeah. It makes sense to it me. Makes sense. I get it. <laughs> so, um, I said, mom recently shared something with me that I need to talk to you about. And he says, okay. I go, well, she told me that you're not my biological father, that another man is. And he said, okay. Did she tell you who? I said, yes. He said, okay. I said, do you remember a man named And he said, yes, I know who that is. Something like mm-hmm, that. I said, I'm, mm-hmm. he, he's my bio dad. He said, okay. My dad's not an emotional guy. Mm-hmm. He's, um, you know, he's he's never one to be duped, you know. So I said, did you know this? He said, well, I always suspected, but I wasn't sure, Hmm. but I'm not sure I believe he ever really suspected. Yeah. I think that might've been just saving face. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'll never, I'll never really know. I don't Mm -hmm. ask him these. He's still living, but I don't really ask him these questions. We don't talk about it a lot. I don't hide them, but I don't Mm -hmm. get a point of discussing it. And so, um, so I treated it like maybe he had suspected though. And I said, okay, I go, well, you know, if you knew, you know, I I don't know how, I don't know what I said, but he said, you know, but I, I wanted, I loved you and I wanted you for nine months. Mm -hmm. And when I saw you, I wondered, he said, but I already loved you and wanted you for nine months. He said, and I knew you didn't have a chance without me. And Mm -hmm. that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. true. My mom hadn't gone to college. She married him because Mm -hmm. he wanted to get married. So if he had denied me, it would have been a I mean, she could have done we it. Plenty different of, life. plenty yeah. women do it, but it would have been a very different life for mm-hmm. sure. And I, I, and I grew up; I was very well taken care of growing mm. up. So it would have been a different life for sure. Um, but remember, it was Father's Day, so I made him a Father's Day gift. I had called my mother and said, "I'm going to tell Dad, Lori. Please, I wish you wouldn't do this." To, you know, first she was angry, then it was pleading. But I said, "Mother, no, I'm sorry." I can't live this lie. It's not fair to ask him to live with this lie. I'm sneaking around. It's not fair. And I said, and I said, you go to your photo album, and you get me every picture you have of me and my dad. I mean, just like this. I said, and you send them to me. I want every picture you have of just the two of us. And I made him a photo album. Aww. And um, I gave it to him. And after I gave it to him, I, I mean, he didn't... He's an emotional guy. He kind of uh-huh. just put it aside. And, I, and for a long time, I thought, oh, gosh, that was cheesy. That was stupid. He he, he didn't like it. But um, I don't know, a year or so ago, he he mentioned it. I mean, it's been 25 years now. Yeah. But if, a, a while back, he mentioned, he said, you know that photo album you gave me? He goes, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. All these years of, like, second-guessing myself. He does like he it. He thought it was dumb. He likes me. He really likes yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. No. And so, um, yeah, you know, I'm sure he,
0: that was... So hard for him and amazing.
1: But he didn't want, um, he didn't really want to tell his sister, my cousins on his side, my grandma, he says, let's not tell your your grandmother. She would not be able to handle this. Mm -hmm. And by the way, she always hated my mother. Okay. So yeah, don't tell her. No, she, it's best. She doesn't know. Yeah, it was best. So I, but it's funny all my, when my, when my dad's sister's son had a child, um, she kind of resembles me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so all my life, they've said, oh, well, Rachel always was so much like you. I recently had to tell them the truth because Rachel's all grown up now. And um, I had some issues with my adrenal glands a couple of years ago. Oh. And Rachel has Addison's disease, it turned out. She had a near fatal um, situation. And I recognized her symptoms and called them and said, here's what you need to do for her. Oh my gosh. Her wedding was almost called off as a result. And they were like, she was always just so much like you. So they were sending her off for all these testing. And I had told my cousin when we were uh, vacationing together in, in Arizona, and he had no plans to tell his kids. But when this came up with her about her Addison's disease, um, he, said, he, he messaged me and said, look, Rachel's going in for all these tests. And you know I don't know if they're going to ask her about family history and heredity. And she's going to blurt out, oh, yes, my cousin Lori has this too and that's not going to be true and i don't want to mislead doctors
0: in helping her so
1: complicated so he says you know if you're comfortable telling her i'm okay with that if you'd rather us or if you'd rather not we'll just roll the dice and see maybe they won't ask no i'm happy to tell her so i did you know Uh, yeah medical history is a complicated variable in this situation for everybody and then you know a few weeks ago she told me she was coming to tell me when she was 21 but another time she told me I was always just so afraid, what if Lori gets into an accident and she's in the hospital and she needs blood and Richard gets there and finds out he can't donate to her? What if, what if he What if she and she find out that way? What if you just told us the truth because we have a right to know? Right.
0: You, <laughs> you know,
1: how about let's just do the right thing? But no, it was always... So she had all these sort of what ifs in her mind. Mm-hmm. But never the right what ifs. Mm-hmm. Right, but never, if,
0: never just never enough to just say. What to if it's just wrong do it? to
1: not tell? What if it's morally wrong to not tell her the truth? What if it's morally wrong to deny her? And I guess some of that did come into play because at some point she said, "You know, Lori's anguishing over here, trying to figure out why her relationship with her dad mm-hmm. isn't great." So I guess she maybe I should cut her some slack. She had some of that. It was on her mind for but sure. She was, she was terrified. Mm-hmm. And my mom and I were always very close growing up. Like I said, cross-generational boundaries, shared things you shouldn't have early on, codependent relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was terrified I would hate her and that she would lose me forever. Right. I think that, that I think that's a fear. I think that's very common. It didn't happen. Yeah. You know, not everyone, I, I'm realizing now, not everyone is emotionally mature enough to handle it. I'm not sure how I was, except that I was surrounded by therapists. Mm-hmm. Um. And good friends. And maybe I was, yeah, your support system sounds so strong. And I'll also say this. People have always said to me, um, God, didn't you just, don't you just hate your mother for not telling you the truth? Don't you hate that you were lied to? Don't you resent her? It's true. I was lied to. It's true that she didn't tell me at 21. She told me at 24. But in all honesty, I was not emotionally equipped to handle it any earlier than I was told. Yeah. I hear, I, yeah, I totally hear that. Yeah. I and I'm I was not prepared before that age. And honestly, if she had told me, maybe I would have reacted in an emotional way that might have soured the relationship with my birth family and made it impossible to have a relationship today. Maybe I would have sabotaged it in yeah, some the way. Yeah, the impulsivity or... of being 21 with that information. Right. I was I was at that age, I was unraveling and reparenting myself mm-hmm. out of codependency. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I probably was not prepared at the time. So I just trust the universe or whatever you believe mm-hmm. in. I just trust mm-hmm. that things happen when they're supposed to, how they're supposed to. So, and now I have my, my sister and my brother. My brother, um, eventually, um, I got an email. He warmed up. 15 years ago, I got an email. The subject line said, yes, hell has frozen over. <laughs> and my sister had told me that he and his wife were divorcing uh, so here I get this email one day yes hell is frozen over I still have this email I'm really sorry you know Lori I wanted you in my life but my wife just would not permit it and it was going to make an already difficult marriage even more difficult and I feel terrible but if you'll have me in your life I'd like to get to know you and now we do that's so cool and um, when I got married well 15 12 years ago mm-hmm um, they both came to my wedding. Oh, cool. And, um, my sister, we had a brunch at my house the next day and my sister sat on my living room floor looking at old pictures of me going, Oh my gosh, you look just like me when I was a baby mm-hmm. with my dad's sister standing right over her <laughs> who still doesn't know. Oh yeah. So did panic, she, she panic set you're in. You're
0: panicking, but did your aunt pick, pick it up, kept,
1: no, pick up on it? She didn't. And I'm shooting Robin looks because here we are all this mm-hmm. time later and there are still secrets yeah. to this day so um yeah none of this stuff is easy it's so weird and I had a great conversation with my mom and my siblings Mike and Robin um after the whole baby picture in the floor incident you know I could see that we were all standing together talking them talking to my mother and I could feel a little tension you know because this woman all these years ago with their dad mm-hmm so oh, yeah, I didn't you know, think about that. Did daddy, did daddy, what did daddy tell you about mom? You know, that kind of was kind of pointed questions and mother said, well, you know, he told me that she was sick with cancer. No, she had hepatitis, but they were being nice, but some, you know, a mm-hmm. little, little bit of guardedness there. And I took this opportunity. I said, Robin, your youngest daughter, how old is she now? Oh, she's t- 22, 21. I said, uh-huh. I said, no, mom, how old were you? I was 21 when you were born. How old were you when you met Jean. I was 20, 19, mm-hmm. nineteen, twenty. I said, Robin, can you imagine your daughter going to work? She's got a boss who's 40 years old, seducing her, making her feel special, then getting her pregnant. Can you imagine how she would handle that? She goes, I'd never thought of it that way. Yeah. I said, mom is her.
0: I think so much of this process is about thinking about how old your mother was at that time. And
1: having empathy. It's, yeah. You know? realizing that were you able to make any better decisions at that age I don't know if I was I did lots of crazy things Mm -hmm.
0: oh my gosh when I was 20 yeah yeah
1: hence the reason I wasn't prepared to have the information anyway (laughs) when you're (laughs) yeah I was not prepared I was not making good decisions in my own life so that's why I'm able to forgive her Mm -hmm. and then I'll fast forward so I got married I got married late though. I was 37. So my husband and I tried to have a family and it wasn't, I wasn't able to get pregnant. And so we did IVF and first two tries didn't work. My sister was so disappointed and, um, cause she thought she was going to get more nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. And, um, I said, no, Robin, it's just not going to be possible unless I use an egg donor. She goes, well, my girls would donate. <laughs> I said, okay, <laughs> down boy, you know, <laughs> whoa, Nellie. And I, but I said, you know, do you think? I mean, it's not like I hadn't thought about this mm-hmm. because I was looking at the prospect of using, um, an anonymous donor mm-hmm. and I grew up my whole life wanting to look like people. I wanted a child that would look like me mm-hmm. and be like me or have things in common with me. And I said, do you think she has two daughters? One has, um, Sandy blondish hair and blue eyes. And the mm-hmm. other has dark brown hair, <laughs> and dark eyes. And um, she says, Oh, I'm sure this one would. And I go, well, how about that one? She mm-hmm. goes, Oh, she's really young. And I go, I know, but she looks like me. Right. She goes, Let me ask her. Wow. And she donated eggs for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I still wasn't able to carry. Uh huh. But that, that little girl, I mean, to call her a little girl, she calls me Auntie Bestie. Uh uh-huh. And she's her second mommy, and we're very close. But yeah, she donated eggs for me. Oh, that's really, really nice of her. Yeah. So that must have
0: been really special. That's so. so cool.
1: And then tell me a little
0: bit now about what you do to, 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 as a search angel.
1: Well, when I first did the DNA tests, I had never really thought about how many cousins we have, and so I my my, my graduate degrees in library science, so I kind of have that analytical research mind, and all these random people are popping up, and I'm related to them, but I've never considered that I'm related to a thousand people out there. I always just thought my DNA was like, (laughs) that's so many people. (laughs) Right. I thought my DNA is, you know, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, and all those people that died before my mother and father. I never really considered the branches and how far they reach and how many people until I saw all these third cousin matches. And I was like, well, where do I put you on my tree? And that's when I started understanding how big it is. So I started really getting the genealogy bug and the puzzle of it all. Mm -hmm. It was interesting to me. But then one day I get contacted by a young lady who's 24 same age I was back then says hi you matched me as a second cousin Um, I'm looking for my birth family I was adopted outside of Atlanta in 1993 okay that tracks can you help me figure this out and I said well if you're a second cousin to me your birth parent is my mother's first cousin Mm -hmm. my mother's 70 years old that really narrows the field of people that Mm -hmm. were parenting children in 1993 it was one of her really young cousins and long story short I helped her figure out who her birth father is, my second cousin, and then I've continued to help her. Meanwhile, as I was doing that, another friend of my husband's has been looking for his birth family, Um, thought he was Italian his whole life, turns out he's Puerto Rican, Uh (laughs) and through doing his tree, I learned about endogamy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a crazy tree if you come from Puerto Rico, and my husband's part Icelandic, so the family trees from isolated places like that really have a lot of, so it's a complicated Mm -hmm. tree to figure out. really tangled really tangled um and then um and then um another cousin reached out and said hey i was adopted can you help me not related to the first cousin that popped up a different side of the family people have all found you over the internet found me through dna matching so i've started trying to help him piece his story together and then remember the boyfriend john Uh
0: uh-huh i wondered about him Mm
1: -hmm. yep john um and i became facebook friends you know 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. when Facebook happened and stayed in touch. And as I was helping these other people, and I abandoned my own tree, I forgot about my own third cousins Mm -hmm. because now I'm solving all these mysteries, right? Um, I messaged John. I go, Hey, with all this DNA testing, whatever happened with your birth? Did you ever find your birth parents? He says, Funny, you should ask. I have matched with a person who appears to be a sister or a cousin and um he says go look in my facebook friends at this person and i started immediately building like a tree mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i said yeah i think i know who your dad is oh my gosh but when he reached out to her she says oh no 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 you know like a lot of people hey do you know of anyone that gave up a child for adoption mm-hmm. in 1969. i'm like don't lead with that question no <laughs> <laughs> because either yes they know and they gave it for a reason mm-hmm. and it's a, def- a delicate question or b they don't know so if somebody says no, it doesn't mean you're not theirs. It just means they might not know. Mm-hmm. And they came back and said, no, 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 you're not my dad's. Um, we think you're, the, we th- we think you're the, um, the son, possibly, of his brother, who was kind of a wild guy in those days. I said to my friend John, I said, go look at the number of centimorgans you and this yeah. person have in common. Tell me how What does that even mean, Lori? I said, just go look and tell mm-hmm. me what the number is. He says, 1,689. I said, she is not your cousin. She is your sister. Mm-hmm. She is your half-sister. He says, are you sure? I said, I am sure. Yeah. So let's put that on hold. Let's work on your birth mom. Let's get the story. And then we can go back to them. And that's where we are now. He met his birth mother last Sunday. (gasps) Oh, wow. And she welcomed This is like happening right now. Happening right now. Yep. How old was she at the time? She was 19. Mm -hmm. And um, we found her because um, he matched with a first cousin. And I said, if this person is your first cousin, one of her birth parents' siblings is yeah. your birth parent. So, that's so close. Yeah. And if we believe this person, this guy over here is your birth father, then let's go. Let's go look at this person. We built a tree for the cousin. Her mother only had sisters. I said, I think we found your birth mother. Yeah. 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 But yeah. the two sisters, one was 19 when he was born. One was 12. And I said, either well, that does that then. I mean, well, I said, either. yeah. I mean, I guess. either this one's your birth mother. And she gave it for adoption, or something tragic mm-hmm, happened. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it took several messages. And um, I learned I've learned through helping both of these people now, because now we've made I've connected two different people. I've learned that it's not enough to build a tree and just discover who the person is, but there it, it is a really delicate approach you have to take because you don't know what those stories are, you don't know what those secrets are. There's reasons people were given up for adoption, or if it wasn't an adoption, it's a it's an affair or some sort of a secret that is not going to be easy to bring up to anyone. Mm-hmm. So um, I've learned a lot already with, but it's, we've had two great successes. Yeah. Well, three really, because he's found his birth mom. And in the meeting with her, after an hour and a half of him getting her backstory, she says, Okay, well, you have a sister and two brothers. Would you like to meet them? They're across the street. Oh. And he has Facebook friends in common with his half-brothers. Oh, how weird. And the cousin. Oh, wow. Because he was adopted right in the same area the where same he area. was given up. Of course. Another twist on that one is all of his life, his parents mentioned their good friends down in Miami, Pat and Rich. Mm-hmm. Guess what his um, maternal grandparents' names are? Pat and Rich. Pat and Rich. Was it them or just the names? We okay. think it is. Uh-huh. We're looking for photos. His adoptive parents have passed away. His godmother has passed away. The maternal grandparents have passed away. But... Um, The birth mother was taken she was hidden away by her parents when she got pregnant Catholics Mm -hmm. Um, hidden away took her to the hospital two days before he was born she was sedated she woke up two days later not pregnant (gasps) was told it's been handled never speak of it again she didn't even know what the sex of the baby was whoa yeah so when she first responded to him she said okay i understand this isn't a scam but I have some questions of my own, and this is yeah, causing I'll some so. some unease in my family. I need some time to work on this. For Give me a few weeks. You know, of course, he's saying, what does this mean? What does this mean? I go, she's not saying, I have no idea. Please mm-hmm. go away. Or I have no idea. I'm willing to help you, but I don't know. She's not saying that. She's saying, I have some questions of my own. Maybe something tragic happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was told you died. She believed he had died. Oh. She And she. there's another twist. She believes the birth father is someone else. So oh my gosh. We still have that issue to work mm-hmm. through because we're pretty sure it's not Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. She believes his birth father is a is an Italian man, but his ancestry says he's 52% Ashkenazi Jewish and she's Italian, not Jewish. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. So now I just really have abandoned my own family tree much <laughs> to my family's dismay. They're like, "Come on, we're counting on you to pieces all together." But I'm just so interested now. It makes me feel so good to help others find their truth to um and because I've been through the funerals and the and the the rejections and the reconnections and and the cousins and the grandparents and the just the the rifts and the truth telling and the still secrets and the no more secrets. I've you know, I've already lived all of that for 25 years. So yeah, it really feels
0: like the community needs people like you, um, who have been through so much of it and can bring so much experience, yeah. and, and help and help.
1: And I got a lot of counseling experience in that mm-hmm. first job with mm-hmm. the child abuse shelters. I spent lots of times in therapists' office helping the children in the child abuse shelter. Mm-hmm. So it kind of and I've had a lot of therapy of my own. So even though I'm not a trained therapist and I think people should try to work with someone, what I'm finding is that there aren't a lot of even therapists out there that have ever dealt with this yeah. and, and know what to do. No, it's a whole new field. It's a whole new field that's yeah. emerging. So maybe, the, maybe in 10 years, I'll be a therapist too. Yeah. But, but, but it's right, so
0: cool that you're, you, But we have you, though, that you're out there. and
1: Well, it feels good. Mm-hmm. I mean, selfishly, it feels good to me. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's all come full circle. So... And maybe I can move on to crime fighting too. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun, but you do it one all thing at a
0: time. Mm-hmm. One thing at a time. So cool. Thank you so much for telling your
1: awesome story. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you for being interested. Yeah. I hope it helps. I hope it helps <laughs> someone.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm sure that it will. And if nobody else, it's helping me. So Good. thank you. So that's really cool. So thank glad you. I got to come out here. Appreciate it. Um, all right, I'm going to turn this off. I want to thank Lori again for sharing her story. Uh, but, also for you know sort of like being of service to people that are trying to find where they came from as a search angel and I just love that she like went into library science and had this suspicion that the internet would be a good thing and is sort of using her analytical forensic brain combined with her like undergraduate degree in criminology to figure out families for people I just think that's so cool so search angels are if you haven't figured it out by now, um, are people that can help you with your genealogical history. And they're just, um, they're just like more experienced at reading all the family trees and all the lines and, um, the way that ancestry.com and 23andme.com and all the other companies, um, they all like present their results a little bit differently. So if you're using different, um, tests, they, they can, they can come in and sort of help sort through all the data and help you narrow things down and help contact people and they're sort of like little um not little but they're sort of detectives for you like family detectives um and they're uh so one thing I just want to say that is kind of a discussion you can if you need if you are interested in finding a search angel and have somebody help you um I would google it that's a really easy way but I want to make sure that you know that most search angels don't charge you money. Um, it's something that people do sort of out of the goodness of their heart or to be of service. A lot like what um, Lori was talking about. So don't just start pouring your money into some service that says they can do it. Um, do a little bit of research. And if you need more connection, um, email me, Eve, at everythingsrelativepodcast.com and I will try to try to help make the, the connections that you need to make sure that you're getting an honest um, person so that was it um, so that was episode three I'm excited we're gonna now that we've got episode three up we're gonna start pouring pouring these episodes out um, probably about every other week right now if you have any questions comments or stories of your own contact me at Eve I mean not at Eve but Eve at everything's. Relativepodcast.com. You can follow along on Instagram at Everything's Relative Podcast, and you can hit me up on Twitter at Eve Sturgis. This episode was produced by Eve Sturgis and Kaylin Egan, logo design by Ivy McNally, and music was used with permission by Goodbye the Band. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.